0: Welcome back, fellow humans. I would say welcome, my fellow Americans. But I know that many of you listening to me on this podcast are not in America, which I would like to spread some gratitude for that right now. I'd like to take a moment to say that all of my listeners all over the world, thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy life to listen to a little old me. Over here from PA in the USA. Alright. Let's get into this episode. This series. I'm starting right now with this episode. is going to be three episodes long. And I'm going to use a book. Called Remade for Happiness. By Fulton Sheen. It was printed by Ignatius Press. In association with the Augustine Institute. Alright. And this series is about happiness okay so the book's called remade for happiness we're gonna see what fulton sheen has to say about happiness all right so let's get started major quote from the first chapter of this book is where fulton sheen says the very fact that you Can conceive of greater happiness than you possess now is proof that you are not happy now you may be thinking to yourself really is he serious right now like because I can just see that there are better things in life than I have right now that's proof that I'm just not happy hold on a second you may be thinking that and it's understandable Let's back it up a little bit. He gives some examples to prove this fact. One example is a child receiving a gift at Christmas. Right? This kid has wanted this gift, has dreamed about this gift, has asked for this gift, has written letters to Santa for this gift. Kid finally gets the gift, Okay, plays with it for a while, and is so thrilled to have it. Okay, over the moon to have this gift. Plays with it for a while, and then gets bored with it. And if you know anything about the toys and video games and things that they create today, this kid is going to beg for all of the accoutrements, all of the accessories, all of the updates, all of the new stuff that you have to have in order to continue playing this game. You know, they, to, to keep you going. And there's always things that are sold separately, There's always other parts. There's always new things. And it's a ploy by the company to keep you spending money on their items, to keep them in business. But there's a little hint there of what Fulton Sheen is talking about. There's always going to be something else. There's always going to be something more. You can set your sights on something earthly, something worldly, something right here and now that you want so badly. And you convince yourself that once you have it, you're going to be exceedingly happy but the reality is once you have it you're happy but not exceedingly and not forever you may be feeling a surge of happiness in the moment you're super excited about it but gradually that passes that fades away and so you you need more you need the new thing you need an addition you need the thing that goes along with that right another example Is where he says, you've noticed that as your desire for pleasure increases, the satisfaction from the pleasure decreases. And then he gives an example of a dope fiend. This is Fulton Sheen, many years ago, talking about dope fiends. he's, He's saying this. To have an equal pleasure, they must increase their dose. Right? And if you know anything about drug addiction, you know this is called building a tolerance, right? A person can get a high from a small dose the first time they do it, but then their body builds up a tolerance to it. And in order for them to get that same feeling again, guess what? they got to increase the dose. It never lasts. And so Fulton Sheen says, Do you think a philosophy of life is right that is based on the law of diminishing returns? For example, if you were made for pleasure... Why should your capacity for pleasure diminish with the years instead of increasing? Is it right, he says, is it right for a philosophy of life to be based on the law of diminishing returns, which means the more you get, the less you receive. The more you get, the less you receive. Or the more you get, the less satisfying it is. Or the satisfaction doesn't last as long that's the law of diminishing returns do you think it's right then to build a philosophy of life on this and if you were made for pleasure if this is what you believe that you as a human being were made for pleasure why then should your capacity for pleasure diminish With the years. Instead of increasing. If your very existence is based on pleasure. Like that's why you're on this planet right now. Is to have pleasure. To have enjoyment. To be happy. Why then. Does your capacity for pleasure diminish as you get older. Or as you get more of this thing. Instead of it increasing. Hmm. Many people have observed this. Just like the little kid who gets the toy it's not enough i need more the dope fiend i need a higher dose why is it that the longer i'm in this the less enjoyment i get out of it if i was made for pleasure he says does that make sense really think about it does that make sense over the time you find that it really doesn't and another important fact and then fulton sheen points out is you want perfect happiness. You know this. You know that your your mind and your heart and your soul and your being and everything is set on perfect happiness. Oftentimes, you look at finite things in this world and expect them to make you happy. Sometimes you look at people and expect them to make you happy. But the reality is, you have not found this happiness. Going back to the initial quote, that the very fact... That you can conceive of a happiness greater than what you have right now is proof that you are not currently happy. The fact that you want more is proof that you are not happy. So the reality is you want perfect happiness, but you have not found it. You have not found this happiness. So then the question is, what do you do? What do I do now that I realized I'm not happy? I realize that I want perfect happiness. I have lived a life believing that that is my purpose, but it's not working. I haven't found that happiness, so what do I do? What do I do next? The puzzling question Fulton Sheen's answer is, as any good priest would say, You were made for God, and therefore. Nothing short of the infinite satisfies you. God is infinite. God doesn't say you were made for pleasure. God doesn't say you were made for happiness. Instead, God says you were made for me. You were made to be in relationship with me. Anybody listening who knows the old uh, catechism, the Baltimore Catechism of the Catholic Church, says that you were made to know, love, and serve God in this life and to be happy forever with him in heaven in eternity once you leave this earth with him you will be happy on this earth you are supposed to grow in relationship with him to know love and serve him and then when you leave this earth you will be happy because you will possess god that is why you were created you were created to possess god To be in relationship with god to live forever in heaven with him that's the only thing that's gonna make you happy this is what i love about fulton sheen he doesn't mince words okay in no way does he mince these words he makes it very clear that you were made for god and only god's gonna make you happy he gives a quote here from william blake that says more more Is the cry of a mistaken soul less than all cannot satisfy man less than all cannot satisfy man nothing short of the infinite satisfies you you need all you need everything you need infinite you need it to never end that's the only thing that's gonna make you happy and the only thing that never ends is God Nothing in this life, no human, no game, no drug, no food, no activity, nothing in this life is infinite. Only God is infinite. Your whole life, he says, is disordered and miserable if it is based on the principle of always having a good time, simply because happiness is a byproduct, not a goal. It is the bridesmaid, not the bride. It flows from something else. You do not eat to be happy. You are not happy because you eat. Hence, until you find out what your purpose in life is, you will never really have a good time. That's an important thing to remember. And now I know that it's very attractive to find people who say, well, the point of life is to be happy because everybody wants happiness. It speaks to your soul, right? Your soul deep down wants happiness. And when somebody says to you, well, you were made for happiness, that's the point of life, that's your purpose. You say, yes, I believe it. My soul cries out for happiness. But here comes Fulton Sheen with a sobering thought. Happiness is a byproduct. It is not the goal. It is not the end. It is only a byproduct. You experience the happiness because of the activity, right? Because of that thing you were doing, or because of that thing you have, or because of that person you were with. If that thing was taken away, if you didn't go and do that activity, if that person wasn't with you, you would not have the byproduct of happiness, correct? So, your life is miserable if it's based on the principle of always having a good time because then you constantly seek out things that are going to give you that byproduct. What happens when that person who made you happy no longer makes you happy? A lot of people think, well, I need a new person, I need to find somebody else just because the novelty the newness of that person is exhilarating it's invigorating it's exciting and it makes me happy but again happiness is a byproduct Fulton Sheen also says time is the greatest obstacle in the world to happiness not only because it makes you take pleasure successively but also because you are never really happy until you're unconscious of the passing of time Interesting. The more you look at the clock, the less happy you are. The more you enjoy yourself, the less conscious you are of the passing of time. You say, time passed like everything. Maybe, therefore, your happiness has something to do with the eternal. You can find happiness in time, but what you want is happiness that is timeless. But what he's alluding to here is, time flies when you're having fun, right? Right? If you're constantly watching the clock, you're not immersed in the moment, right? You're not fully enjoying it. So therefore, happiness has to be outside of time, right? I have to forget about time. I have to remove myself from time in order to really enjoy life, in order to really be happiness. So he says, you can find happiness in time, but you what you want is happiness that is timeless, happiness that is outside time. Where are we going to find anything that's outside of time? God. God is outside of time. Eternity, right, is outside of time. It's only when you can reach that level where God is that you will experience that happiness that's timeless, where you just forget about time. Time means nothing to you. We're going to take a quick break right here. Message from my sponsor when i come back we'll continue this and wrap up episode one see you then welcome back we're gonna finish up this episode and we've been talking about how we desire a happiness that we haven't found yet we desire a happiness that is infinite never ending and outside of time and we desire this because we were made for god god is the only being who is infinite And outside of time. We'll pick up there and continue on. Fulton Sheen goes into so much depth with this. But he does it so succinctly that it's just, it's beautiful. Okay, He says, why are you disappointed? Because of the tremendous disproportion between your desires and your realizations. Your soul has a certain infinity about it because it is spiritual. But your body and the world around you are material. Limited. Cabined cribbed, confined. You can imagine a mountain of gold, but you will never see one. You can imagine a castle of a hundred thousand rooms, one room studded with diamonds, another with emeralds, another with pearls, but you will never see such a castle. In like manner, you look forward to some earthly pleasure or position or state of life, but once you attain it, you begin to feel the tremendous disproportion between the ideal you imagined and the reality you possess." disappointment follows. Every earthly ideal is lost by being possessed. The more material your ideal, the greater the disappointment. The more spiritual it is, the less the disillusionment. That is why those who dedicate themselves to spiritual interests, such as the pursuit of truth, never wake up in the morning with a dark brown taste in their mouths, or a feeling that they are run down at the heels." So he's alluding to the fact that those who commit themselves to things that are outside of this world, to things that are of God, to things that are spiritual, they are not disillusioned. They are not wearied. They are not run down. Why? Because the pleasure that they experience in those things is infinite. It is not confined. It is not limited. It is outside of time. It never ends. And he says here, every earthly ideal is lost by being possessed. The second I possess that thing I had imagined, I lose it. It's gone. The second I actually possess it, my imagination of it was greater and more satisfying than actually having it. I mean, think to yourself, how many times have you experienced this? I know I have countless times. I imagined this thing going this particular way. I imagined a conversation going a particular way. I dreamt about how wonderful this theme park would be. But once I'm there, I'm just disappointed. None of it measured up to my imagination. And I'm not happy. But when you focus on the spiritual things, see, they're beyond what you can imagine. This is why Jesus says that heaven is what no eye has ever seen what no ear has heard because if you could imagine it then it would be like all of these other things you would be disappointed by the time you possessed it therefore it's outside of anything you could ever imagine you will be continuously surprised by what you find in heaven Fulton Sheen continues on, having discovered why you are disappointed, namely because of the distance between an ideal conceived in the mind and its actualization in flesh or matter, you do not become a cynic. Rather, you take the next step of trying to avoid disappointments entirely. There is nothing abnormal about your wanting to live, not for more, not for two more years, but always. There is nothing strange about your desiring truth, Not the truths of economics, to the exclusion of history, but all truth. There is nothing inhuman about your craving for love. Not until death do you part, not until satiety sets in or betrayal kills, but always. Certainly you would never want this perfect life, perfect truth, and perfect love unless it existed, right? The very fact that you enjoy their fractions means there must be a whole. You would never know their arc unless there were a circumference. You would never walk in their shadows unless there were light. So he gives you an option here. When you realize that you are not happy in this life, you could become a cynic. You you could be one of those people that says, ah, bah humbug, right? There's no point in enjoying anything in this life because all of it goes to pot. All of it ends. What's the point? I'm just miserable. I might as well die now. You could become that. But if you choose not to become that, and instead focus on the spiritual things, there's nothing abnormal about that, right? There's nothing abnormal about you wanting something that never ends, about you realizing, yes, I am not happy. Yes, what's in my mind is a desire for something that is infinite, but I have not found it here. Yet still, I will not give up. There has to be that whole. The very fact that I experience some fraction of love here, some fraction of truth, means that there has to be a hole out there somewhere. That is the state of the believer. That is someone who has faith. Someone who is not a cynic. Someone who doesn't give up, right? And he encourages you in this pursuit, He says, Certainly, you would never want this perfect life or perfect truth or perfect love unless it did in fact exist. The fact that you want it proves that it exists. Where are you going to find that? Only in God. He says, Would a duck have the instinct to swim if there were no water? Would a baby cry for nourishment if there were no such thing as food? Would there be an eye unless there were beauty to see? Would there be ears unless there were harmonies to hear and would there be in you a craving for unending life perfect truth and ecstatic love unless perfect life and truth and love existed in other words you were made for god nothing short of the infinite satisfies you and to ask you to be satisfied with less would be to destroy your nature As great vessels, when launched, move uneasily on the shallow waters between the narrow banks of the rivers, so you are restless within the confines of space and time, and at peace only on the sea of infinity. So beautifully poetic here. You were made for God, nothing short of the infinite satisfies you, and just like a great ship is not at its best in shallow waters you as well need the infinite ocean of god you need the infinite depth and the infinite breadth that is god and eternity it's in your nature to need this to desire this and to find peace in this so my fellow humans do not give up on your pursuit of infinite truth infinite happiness and infinite love. It does exist. Don't listen to the cynics who tell you that there's no point and that you will never find it. Don't listen to them. It does exist and it exists in God. You were made for it. You may not find it here in this life, but you will absolutely find it in eternity. So go to God. Go to him. Thank you so much again for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope that you will stick around for more. We've got two more episodes coming. Peace and God bless.